My name is Patch. I can't tell you my last name. I can't tell you where I live. But I can tell you that this is The Axe Files, a show where a handful of weirdos rereads every single Animorphs book in order. And I'm joined once again by the most wanted criminal this side of the Endolite homeworld, it's Vivian. I I've been playing too much of that fucking fruit game, and I hate it, but also I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by the most elegant tree on Earth, it's Kate. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh my god! Ah, ah. Are you okay? Everyone, are you alright? I just- hmm? I traveled- I traveled back in time to <laughs> warn you. I traveled back in time. We, we're doing the tenth one, the tenth book. We're just reading that in my timeline. But I traveled back in time to warn you. Patch, your audio file, it's gonna go out. You're oh, not uh -oh. gonna be able to edit this one. Jeez, wow, we better- yeah. Let me make a second recording then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, let's uh, let's do a second recording. We're definitely not re-recording this one in October. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Definitely uh, not already dating myself by mentioning Suica game. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we have joined you from the future. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Kate's message is to tell you to make sure you have an audio backup. Mine is to guide you in how to get a Japanese eShop account and uh, charge it with a uh, yeah. with enough yen to buy a game. Yeah, I think that's just a you thing. I think it turns out that we accidentally all used time machines to go back in time, and so now we've gone back to before we recorded the the original episode, and so now we have to just do it again, well, even though we've already, yeah, in our experience, done this one. Uh, uh -oh. so... Well, if it's yeah. any consolation, I didn't reread the the chapters we're covering. I still have my notes, How though. dare you? <laughs> Look, again, tweaky game. I got distracted. <laughs> we haven't recorded an episode on this yet. You need to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. In fiction, have we recorded the episode or haven't we? Or did we go back in time before to before we recorded the episode? I think that's what happened, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we all went back in time and accidentally displaced our past selves, so even okay. though we recorded we, the episode, we didn't record the episode. Right, so now we have to do it again, okay. We are absolutely okay. Yeah. not creating lore for this podcast where we talk about so many <laughs> Too late. We're not doing a spin-off series or something that where we establish the lore of us as podcasters being like, we unnerfed these like weird ancient texts from these children <laughs> about yurks? We're not sure what those are. Uh, those things don't exist in our time. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know where they do exist is in the Animorphs, so shall I jump in? We have a lot to do today. <laughs> yes, we do, and not a lot of time, because this is not our usual recording time. So... No, it's not. <laughs> um, Yeah, so my first chapter today is chapter 22, which is a Rachel chapter that I have titled This Is Not My Beautiful House. I do not remember what I called these the first time we recorded, so I'm doing it again on the fly. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I cannot tell you. I have them named the same as when we first tried this. I have yeah. them written down. Yeah, so uh, Amnesiac Rachel has been wandering through the forest after escaping that burned hut, and she finally reaches a suburban development. It's like they're building new houses near the edge of the forest. Um, and she's pretty messed up because she's in her morphing suit, so she's barefoot and, like, just in a leotard, and she's been walking for hours, and, yeah, it's it's messed up. Of course, she can't just go up to a door because she doesn't know who she is, and also no one would let her in. But, uh, she's in civilization, and that seems safer than being in the woods when there's a big freaky monster thing out there. And, uh, then she finds a house with no lawn. No, no lights, not a no lawn. What am I talking about? 
In the lawn, there is a sign that says the house is for sale. She's found a house in the year 2020 now, ones that don't have lawns anymore. Or at least unless it's like a very pricey house. Lawns are a scam from the French aristocracy designed <laughs> to make you waste water. <laughs> oh, exactly. Very true. I mean, very what true. else do they serve? I mean, you you want to be able to touch grass, but you have to pay so, pay so much money to on water and fertilizer and stuff to keep that grass. And it's like, the, the park exists for free. Just go to the park. <laughs> I mean, a friend of mine here in San Antonio has replaced their lawn with just indigenous plants that don't need fertilizer and upkeep. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. the whole point. It's like probably better and also more attractive and, yeah. you know, just better for the environment than uh, completely useless in face of monoculture. Also, yeah. crap, mm-hmm. crappy uh, neighbors can't have their dog shit on there and then not pick it up. Well, I mean, they can, but that's okay because the plants want that. <laughs> well, I mean, like more like if it's like plant, if it's like not just like layered, like level grass, it's not the kind of plant that you're really going to be like walking all over. If it's different plants that you chose rather than just being dogs grass. don't care, dogs don't yeah. care, dogs dogs shit anywhere. Yeah, yeah but I'm talking more shit. like I'm talking like in like the referring to a person walking across the lawn. If it's not a lawn anymore, then you can't walk across it, right? You if could. it's got a bunch of different plants. I, I mean, I. Okay, you know what? We are getting very sidetracked, but I don't feel like that situation normally involves a person walking across your lawn. I feel like it's a person walking their dog, and the dog goes onto the lawn. It's not like they're walking yeah. across the right, middle. Right, but, but you, the yeah. lawn owner, if it's not a lawn, won't be able to walk onto it and then step on the dog poop. Is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> sure you will, yeah. I mean, it depends on on how you landscape. Anyway, I live, in a, I live in an apartment. This doesn't this. apply to me. <laughs> I don't have uh, a lawn. What's that? Sounds made up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Rachel has found this house, which is sold, but not occupied yet, and um, she decides to break into it. So she goes around to the back, and she finds, like, a, a faucet, which is, you know, she's she's getting water, so that's something, at least. But uh, there's a fence all over the place, so no one can see her breaking in, and yeah, she just uh, opens a window and slides herself right in. And uh, it is totally empty in here. They've just done the painting. They haven't actually moved in, which means that the only thing in the entire house is a box of Nilla wafers, which Rachel immediately steals. Um, <laughs> she thinks that probably the painters left them behind, but like, whatever, right? She's got water and she's got the most dehydrating food on Earth. That's probably fine. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean... I feel like it would be like more dehydrating if it was like saltines or something instead of Nilla wafers, right? Like something uh, actually I mean, salty. Nilla wafers are drier than an ancient desert. They're the worst. Right, but like <laughs> like saltines are like just like just flat as well, just like that, but also has salt on it, and salt makes you thirsty. Yeah, but they're better though. Yeah, <laughs> true. I would take back also like... cookies most days. There's also, they're like, also... more dry volume to a Nilla wafer, you know? Yeah, because they're thick. You don't. You have to chaw yeah. through it a lot more. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. Like, crackers are usually thin, at least. <laughs> it's uh, like the difference between eating a paper towel and eating a sponge. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, would, I would recommend not doing either of those. <laughs> yeah, don't do either of those. No. But, well, if no. you're going to do either of those, a paper towel is more digestible, technically. I mean, yeah, because at least it's paper. <laughs> <laughs> 
But also, you should oh. not. I mean, I guess bunnies do that because bunnies like tearing paper, and sometimes they actually swallow it. But it's like you shouldn't do either. <laughs> Te technically, paper towels are not digestible because they are made of cellulose, but um, they will still like you know they'll, you probably, they'll, they'll probably... cause a blockage. Yeah. Uh, unless yeah. you just eat a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> More digestible than synthetic sponge, but God, still not, not digestible. Not, not yes. Now I'm things. Stony things that aren't food. No, what what was that old show? I'm remembering now, uh, like the the my my strange addiction or whatever of like people eating like just the weirdest shit that wasn't actually food, and it's like why, how? Oh, you mean on the <laughs> uh on the Learning Channel, or as I like to call it, yeah, the let's gawk at these people channel. Let's yeah, let's see <laughs> yeah. these people who are in clear psychological distress, uh -huh, and yep. then uh sort of laugh at the like point and laugh like this is a night like an 1800s freak show. Yeah, you yep. mean that channel and those shows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we definitely didn't even pay these people scale because they're a reality show, so they're not in a union channel. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! Um, <laughs> also, uh, fuck it, sister. Fuck it, sister channel uh, for also uh, hiring on Micro for ages to be a shit when he's a fascist. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Rachel goes to have a nap in the living room because there's a carpet there and that seems better than just lying on the hardwood and or the forest floor. And she does think about the people who are going to be moving in there, but mostly she's thinking about herself and what's going on. And then she falls asleep and has a horrible dream of being at a construction site and something coming down from the sky and a bunch of other people with her. And then uh, there's a boy there, but he's also a bird. And then she there's a a change in the dream and they flash forward and she's on a balance beam but actually she's a cat and some people like her but other people hate her and there's worms in their heads and something's very wrong and then she remembers a yerk pool and then she remembers being an ant and just horrible horrible flashback anamorphing dreams and then she wakes up screaming the word anamorph which definitely is going to get the neighbors calling the cops and um then she has a sort of identity crisis because she doesn't know what her deal is because uh, humans do not dream about being ants, apparently. That's a statement she is certain of. I don't know. <laughs> no one on Earth has ever dreamed about being an ant. It's never happened. It's impossible. Definitely not. Mm -hmm. um, it's impossible for the human brain to... Zero percent. Yeah. Someone out there has definitely thought, like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to nope. just be part of a, a mindless uh, nope. group of bugs and not have to have nope. a new no one, Nope. No definitely one not. Nope, no one is like, being an ant. I feel like the two of you are being oddly denial, in denial about this. <laughs> well, listen, it says right there, yeah, humans it, don't dream of being ants, therefore... Yeah, but also says, 30 years has passed between when this is written and now. <laughs> Clearly no. somebody somebody out there has thought of this, even if no, it wasn't because of animals itself. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, Vivian, does it, does it say humans have not yet dreamed? <laughs> no, it says don't. It says don't at all. It's impossible. Yeah, Ra Rachel's also dream Rachel, Ra Rachel has also time-traveled like us to this point in time as well, being like, okay, kid Rachel, I get that you're, I, I get it's gonna sound really fucking weird, but nobody in the history of humanity in the next 30 years has actually ever dreamed of being an ant. So you're the weird one here. <laughs> yeah. No one has ever, no one ever has. No one ever will. They don't. Let's keep going. Uh, yeah, it's not like they definitely don't yeah, bring this absolutely. up in, uh, another um, another, in another book where they have to turn into bugs similar to ants. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, the police come and start banging on the door because, again, she was just screaming and also the neighbors saw her break in. So I don't know how that happened. She specifically said there was too high of a fence for them to see it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Rachel, 
Rachel considers leaving because she feels like she should just give up because she's trapped, but honestly, there's like enemies everywhere, so she definitely cannot surrender. And uh, the, the cops give her to a count of three before they bust in the door, and she decides that she needs to get away. She needs to, needs to change into something else. But not a bear this time, because the bear was, like, hurt last time she was the bear, and she doesn't know if it's going to still be hurt. So she needs to be something bigger, more powerful. And uh, as she's focusing on this image, this one image from her dreams, she starts to morph into an elephant. And that'll take us to chapter 23, which is a Jake chapter. And uh, I have called this a meeting of convenience. It's basically they are just... um moving out into the night, looking for Rachel, because they don't know where she is. Um, they're starting at the barn, and Cassie's mom is there. She's asking if Cassie's there, and th that show you like is on, apparently. No specifics, unfortunately. We never know what Cassie's show is, but... Cassie only she... likes one show. That's why yes, I think just that's the one. Why this mm -hmm. be, yeah. Cassie yeah. specifically... Cassie likes one show, and also specifically the parts of America's Funniest Home Videos when animals are involved. <laughs> probably, it's probably something on, like, Animal Planet or something. That yeah. makes sense. I mean, was that, uh, yeah. Animal Planet, was that Ooh. even a thing back in the mid-90s? You know, oh, definitely. Uh, you know what it could be? You know what it could be? Because this is the 90s. It could be the Crocodile Hunter. It could be, yeah. We could be, have, yeah. a, we could, we could oh, have a good old uh, Steve Irwin fan here. Uh, that would make a lot Ca of sense, Cassie yeah. would absolutely yeah. be devastated when Steve Irwin died. <laughs> yes, she would cry for days. Yeah. Uh, uh. As as did the entire country. Of yeah, as, as did um, most people, because yeah, Steve Irwin seemed like a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up with Steve Irwin uh, yeah, same. In, on, on, in, in inside my TV box at home. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I still I remember like the bits where like it was showing like when Bindi was still a kid. And like, mm -hmm. uh, I forget the name of his son. Is it just like Steve Jr.? I forget. It's not Steve Jr., but I'm not going to tell you because it's not relevant to the book. Uh, yeah, fair. But like, I still remember when they were like toddlers. And I feel bad like now, a... now, though. Yeah. We, know, we know his daughter's name is not and not his son's name, so now I feel bad for Steve Irwin's son. <laughs> Shout out uh. to Steve Irwin's son, who is definitely not called Steve Jr. <laughs> Sorry. Robert. Robert oh, Clarence okay, Irwin. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just gotta give credit where it's due. See, well, that's you know? I distinctly remember Bindi because Bindi was like a name I had not heard of till Crocodile Hunter. And then, like, I, I, I don't know if that's like a traditional like Australian name or anything, but it's like I'd never heard of it, so that's why it always stuck out of my mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, like, I remember her, like, she was, she was born like years prior, so like, she was like, I think like six or seven when he passed away or something like that. So, like, she was like, a kid still, but definitely older than her brother was. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's keep going. Um, yeah. Um, so yes, uh, Cassie says that she'll be back in a minute, so her mom's just gonna take... She's Her mom's not gonna take the sh tape the show because Cassie will be back in a minute. Remember when you had to tape shows? The 90s. Um, <laughs> it's almost nine o'clock, so they do have to take off, though, and Cassie shouldn't stay out too late, and she decides to walk them down to the end of the driveway, because she lives on a farm, and it's a pretty long walk down to the end. Um, and they're sort of musing about, like, obviously untrue hopes, like, maybe she's already home and we don't have to worry about anything. Axe is, like, fine... He definitely didn't get carried away by a dust monster. It's okay. Don't worry about <laughs> well, it. Well, I mean, if we remember, all evidence points to Axe just disappearing. So it's like, yes. oh, well, I mean, maybe he just morphed into a bird and didn't leave any prints when he did so. And he blew off somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe he just got completely devoured. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right. I did forget that. They were like, well, maybe they, it just ate him so thoroughly that there's just, no bits yeah. left. Not yep. even He's a splatter of blood. <laughs> yeah, but the line here is, who knows what an Andalite might be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Again, like they've known Axe for at least like a, like two months or so by this point or something, right? Something like that. They they probably I mean they don't know how he eats yet, so maybe there's that. Maybe that's why they're like, who knows how he works? Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So so see this this is where we run into the issue of us having yeah, already reviewed yeah. later uh-huh. books where we reveal things that the listeners have not. Mm-hmm. So we here because we are time travelers know how Axe eats, but in this book. They yeah. Still don't. <laughs> yeah. No. Not till next book where we find out. <laughs> yeah. See, it's it's like you know. I mean, Kate and I are always having to tiptoe around spoilers. Now, Vivian, you all. Yeah. Yeah. For, for once, I'm doing that. Yeah. It feels weird. It feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how it feels. <laughs> Actually, you you have you still have no idea. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I. I mean, considering how fucking insane this book series is getting already, by the point that we're actually at, I'm like, okay, I, I have no idea what to expect from this series anymore. I'm just strapping in the ride at this point. <laughs> you have you haven't fucking seen anything. Yeah, yet. no, like I, I I've fastened my seatbelt and just like take me on the fucking journey here, Adam Morris. Let's go. <laughs> we still they still haven't brought up the fucking space Sauron since book six, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why did not bring up space Sauron again? don't again for a while. Why? No, don't Why worry about it. Why did you do the concept of Space Sauron so early if they're not gonna be like, hey, can we talk about Space Sauron? It's don't probably fine. It. Probably not! It's Space Sauron! Listen, just because there is a lidless eye wreathed in a flame casting his gaze over the lens <laughs> doesn't mean anything. He's just watching. It's okay. <laughs> Jake, you have to tell your friends. I don't know if you told them this yet, but you have to tell them if not. <laughs> I am pretty sure he did not tell them as of the end of that book, no. I guess, um, I guess that depends on like whether even Axe would know anything about Space Sauron. But it, it's like... I mean, <laughs> they go to Axe about every fucking weird thing that they see, though. <laughs> At least when they well, can. I guess. That's fair. Talk to Axe about Space Sauron. Be like, hey, do you I mean, know about Space Sauron, my guy? <laughs> as far as Jake knows, he just imagined it. Yeah, maybe because he did. He was, he was in a... He yeah, was, like, he, during the feud. he remembers all those... Memories of all those other bodies that the Yurk was in. <laughs> yeah, but like it was a dying brain, you know. It's still I... again. I get that I'm. I get that I'm like three times the age of these kids, basically, and therefore I would, in theory, believe three times smarter just because of age. But also, that's not true. Uh, I would still ask the alien that you have on your team, being like, "Hey, do you know anything about a glowing eye that's in space?" <laughs> just, no, I mean I will just say that, like. <laughs> Well, it's fine, and definitely don't worry about it. On the other hand, if you see a space Sauron, probably ask a space elf, right? Like... <laughs> Actually, I think it's the closest to a space elf, right? I probably wouldn't tell anyone, because my character flaw is not leaning on people for support when I should. Oh, no. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, I'm honest at the point of being stupid, so maybe that's why I would actually bring up Space Aron and be like, hey, is this a thing? No? Okay, this time. <laughs> Wasn't sure if you knew or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they are all outside, and Cassie kind of muses about how at least it's a warm night, so if Rachel's out, she won't be freezing, and the moon is bright, so she'll be able to see all right, and 
They turn to look up at the full moon, and uh, right as Jake is musing about being able to see more stars on the farm, uh, something passes in front of the moon. You can't, like, they can't really tell what it is. It's like sparkles, fairy dust, and it's heading away toward the new development that's being built in the middle distance. And uh, they figure out pretty effectively that it's uh, it's the thing. It's the Morph Hunter, and it's chasing either Axe or Rachel. So they have to. Basically, Jake comes down to do nothing or try to distract it. So his plan is, what we're going to do is we're going to get it away from that neighborhood by morphing into something else so it comes over here. And that way, it's not going to chew up all those houses. And um, Marco's immediately on board. He's, like, weirdly okay with this plan for Marco, but he does mention that it's going to be, quote, really unpleasant. So <laughs> he's he's just in a mood today, I guess. Um, Cassie kind of needs to know how they are going to get there, because of course they can't morph and fly over, because then it'll come to her house. And then, um, Marco has the answer to this, though, because Cassie's dad's truck is right around here, and he left the keys in it, so they're gonna do <laughs> some Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stealing cars in my children's book. I never thought it would have been is possible. It, is it really theft if it's a car of one of the parents of one of the kids, though? Yes. Mm, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's how that works. If they don't give you permission, and also if you are 12, it's still theft. <laughs> it's like slightly better than if it's a rando's car at the least, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, we're gonna see in a couple chapters it's distinctly not they're stealing the car for a good reason it's to save their friend <laughs> i'm i'm not yeah i'm not for 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 legal reasons i'm not encouraging <laughs> illegal behavior specifically for 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 re like specifically because i don't want to get i don't want to get sued but like um I think I think there's some like justifiable times when you could commit Grand Theft Auto, you know, morally. Yeah, again, yeah. if you're trying, like, if you're trying to save a human, a person's life, I think in that point, I mean, it's it's like the whole like, oh, like the stupid thing that's like, oh, the cop needs a civilian's car or whatever because their car's busted or whatever. It's like I gotta get to the important thing. I need your car or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like that. If it's like I'm trying to save this person's life, I need your car. <laughs> I think I think if Cassie's dad knew the truth. After he had stopped screaming, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he would be pretty like he would like yeah, pretty understanding of this decision. I'm now imagining all the kids like just staring at their watches the entire time. It's like, mm, yeah, I think Rachel, <laughs> Rachel's probably dead by now, and he's taking an hour to scream. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, and I don't disagree with the points here. Like, always do crimes. Crimes are great. I love crimes. <laughs> like, I like how Kate's like, I don't want to get sued. And meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> you're over here being like, do crime, kids! <laughs> Kate is a more important public figure than I am, so I can say <laughs> crimes all day. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of states and governments, um, but, you know, like, mm -hmm. just be smart about stuff. Just be smart about stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a caveat there, right? Like, do as many crimes as you want, but be cool about it. 
know, it's funny. Just like about like a week or so ago, one of my friends was like, "Oh, you might actually be able to like bring up your podcast in terms of like being like interested in like gender like issues and stuff like that for that made for that masters you want to do by." And I'm thinking about it more, just being like. We have talked about a lot of crime on the podcast, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and give him the episode where I talk about every crime I've ever committed. <laughs> yeah, where I'm like, I like t- technically took like a little toy that was dropped. I don't think I don't know if that counts, but it might. <laughs> <laughs> also, me uh, taking that pair of earrings. Well, that that episode didn't come out yet, but me switching out that one pair of earrings with another because uh, one of them was all scuffed up. So I was like, oh, I mean, if I didn't switch these out, I wouldn't buy these. So really, I'm doing you a favor here, Coles. Yeah, that's not even a crime you no. didn't steal anything no and it's not like i even changed out different earrings that looked entirely different it's just like these are exactly the same i'm just switching them out this way i can get the ones that i like <laughs> anyway <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into chapter 24 it's another rachel chapter which i have titled fuck the police so <laughs> <laughs> hey related <laughs> just a touch um so inside this house rachel is becoming an elephant um She heard the cops say that they were going to bust down the front door, so instead she's decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take out the entire front wall of this house. They probably won't mind. It's the same thing, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, she starts busting through, but then behind her, the Valik comes in, and it's... I don't remember if we know what it's called at this point in time, but too late now. I think we Um, do, because, like... I'm pretty sure at this point they actually do know what it's called, and that's no, yeah. a warp hunter. I think I think we do. I think that um, we are post Visser Three's villain monologue. Okay, cool. This is the trouble with time travel. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I know like yeah. the. Uh, wait, hang on. Yeah. So I do think that. Wait. Uh, yeah, I, I think we did get Visit Three's high call monologue. He doesn't, know, he kind of doesn't know one here, but it's like it's not really toward Dax later on. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, the Valik sort of starts chewing through the back of the house. So not only has Rachel blown the front of it off with her elephant powers, uh, this thing is just buzz sawing through the back. So whoever bought this house is just out of luck. Um. She smashes into the front wall, and, of course, this sort of half-elephant, half-human monstrosity barrels out of the door. Um, She specifically mentions having a trunk, uh, human ears, elephant legs, and blonde hair. So I I kind of imagine a mostly elephant thing that just happens to have tiny ears and hair. Um, The police are just utterly shocked by this, of course, because how could they possibly expect an elephant to be in there? But they don't seem to be controllers, because they're not reacting to this elephant at all. They seem to be normal police, so that's nice, at least. And then the dust monster blasts out of the house just a few feet after Rachel, and it's like, these guys are having a bad day. Um, But she just takes off. Because uh, she somehow knows, I don't know how she knows, but she knows that elephants can go 25 miles an hour, which is, quote, faster than the fastest human runner. I don't think that's true anymore. I yeah. think Usain Bolt beat that, but there you go. Um, it's, it's things she knows in her amnesia brain. Either way, uh, the trouble really is that she is fast, but she's also big. Too big to dodge stuff. So when the police start shooting at her... Uh, She's, you know, getting shot by the police. Uh, 
Um, um, yeah, Bolt Bolt went twenty seven point three three miles an hour at some point. I don't know when. Uh, two thousand nine is when he set the record in the hundred meter yeah. sprint at, at uh, yeah. nine point five eight seconds. I think that's probably the same instance. Makes sense. Um, yeah, so she decides that she needs to get out of like plain view because the police are shooting at her. So she just sort of smashes through someone's garden and tramples the whole thing and blasts through a fence and just starts running down an alleyway between two houses. But, uh, and I'm not super sure how this happened, but there's a Winnebago between her and the thing behind her, so I guess she got over the Winnebago somehow? I don't... The the geography of this is a little confusing sometimes. Maybe it pulled in behind her, and then went, oh, fuck, when the, uh, when the dust monster showed up. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, there's an elephant running around in my neighborhood. I should definitely pull my trailer behind it and see what happens. Hey, look, the other day there was a car smoking in the parking lot of my job, and like everybody else has pulled their cars uh, past it and were just ignoring it. I brought it to people's attention since so they got towed, since so I didn't like potentially catch fire and explode, but I'm, I'm most sorry, of the people you, didn't care. Are you are you comparing mm-hmm. a car that's broken down um, to mm-hmm. a live elephant? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Moreover, like, ignoring a car that is broken down compared to actively chasing a live elephant <laughs> with a trailer attached to your vehicle. Okay, in this case, my brain went to that car is smoking. If it keeps going, that car could catch fire. If that fire spreads, it can explode, and then get other cars in the crossfire, and therefore my car might get hit. So yeah, but like that's how my brain works. Most people who see a smoking car should be like, "Not my problem." But you know what? Everyone who sees a live elephant in the middle of a city is going to think, that's my problem. That's everyone's problem. (laughs) (laughs) I made that car my problem, (laughs) I guess. Yes, that's because you're a proactive person, but most people are not like that. Yeah, no, I told I told my supervisor's assistant, and she because uh, my boss and the supervisor were not around, and so she was like, "Yeah, we should probably uh, find the person that owns this, so I think you get towed and looked at before it does something." Yeah, don't worry about it. Cars catch fire all the time. I mean, they towed it, so I don't know if it did. <laughs> at any rate, the Winnebago just sort of gets disintegrated. And um, Rachel realizes that she can't run anymore, because if she does, then this thing is just going to chew its way through the houses where people are. So she decides to fight it with her now-complete elephant morph, and it sort of loops these horrible living ropes around her, and she realizes she can't breathe and tries to fight, but she can't do anything to it. And then it tries to pick her up, but uh, it doesn't really get anywhere. It just gets like a foot off the ground. And uh, this is... There, there, there's a very cinematic scene here. Like you can hear the music swelling, and it's picking her up, and it's terrifying. And then there's probably like a record scratch, and it just sort of stops and has to drop her, and then tries again, <laughs> and tries again, and it, it tries to pick her up like two or three times. Yeah, and... it's like, it's like the, the entire like the bars came in for this like PS2 cutscene kind of deal. That's like so you, it's cinematic stuff's happening, and then no, well, hmm. Guess it can't get me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, she... Rachel knows that the largest elephant that has ever been found weighed 22,050 pounds, 
Again, these are the things she remembers. Um, most of the time, they do not weigh anywhere near that, somewhere between 7,000 to 13,000. And she doesn't know how big she is. Probably not that big, but still too big for the monster to carry away. So she uh, starts mocking it, and um, it's basically just screeching at her in its horrible little voice. And then she hears the screech of squealing tires, as if someone was racing right towards her. And, um... That'll take us to my final chapter for tonight, chapter 25, which is a Marco chapter. I have called it Super Ape Escape. Um, <laughs> Marco is driving Cassie's dad's truck very, very badly. Wait, wait, shit. One of my chapters I named Ape Escape. You can't steal this from me. <laughs> it's too late. I already did it. No! This is what you get for going second. I don't have the super part. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, again, uh, they forgot what they had named them initially, so they changed them for this. I have them the same as I what I had. Oh, deal with it. <laughs> Regular old boring ape escape. Yeah, original <laughs> PS1 vanilla ape escape, I guess. <laughs> I've one up to you through time travel. <sighs> well, sorry, in, in my time, the PS2 still ain't out yet. I know I just referenced PS2 era cutscenes, but it's not out yet. They showed it at, uh, they showed it at uh, not E3, at Super World, I guess. <laughs> Wait, Super Bowl is only a Nintendo thing. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, Dookie Games Code. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's not a good driver, is the thing. And that's not surprising, because he almost certainly has no driving experience. And also, I feel like Gorilla's probably probably not really equipped. Like, their arms are too long, and well, he's got little short little legs. Well, that's true, but he's not a gorilla yet. Oh, okay. No, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yep. Right now, he is just a regular child. Um, <laughs> well, still, I mean, he's probably he's, he's he's also short even for his age. So, <laughs> Marco, Marco yeah. being the kid who has to either have a booster seat or else he's like down halfway at the steering wheel's height, <laughs> just trying mm -hmm. to be like, I can do, I can do it. I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he's got books tied books tied to his feet. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a sort of a comedy chase sequence here with Marco basically just almost smashing into a bunch of cars, and he takes out no less than seven trash cans, graces a parked car, bumps the sidewalk. Jake is screaming in his ear this whole time. Um, Cassie's trying to give directions, well, but she's also, like, yelling because they are probably going to die any moment now. Um, he does, like, miss the turn. But that's okay, because there's no trees in the yard, so he just turns through their yard and over the curb, and... Uh, apparently, he said he could drive, but uh, that's not really true. What he said was that he had scored a whole bunch of millions of points playing a video game called Wipeout. Uh... <laughs> In my timeline, we discussed this at the time. Wipeout is not a game that you score points in, so we don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, At any rate, uh, he's back on the road, and then suddenly an elephant just runs across the street about a block away with the Valik chasing it. And it does say Valik here, so I guess we did know that word. Um, and uh, they figure out that, yeah, that's almost certainly Rachel, yeah. Uh, Jake decides that he's going to morph to try and pull this thing away from her, and um, according to this chapter, the elephant ran behind a Winnebago. Again, <laughs> I don't know how that works geographically, but whatever. Um, 
<laughs> As Rachel turns to fight this thing, they confirm that, yep, that's definitely Rachel and not some random elephant. No way wouldn't a random elephant fight this thing. And then Jake starts morphing into a tiger, uh, right as the thing starts trying to lift her off the ground. And when Marco sees it pick her up, he realizes instantly that it isn't actually trying to kill them, because it's trying to carry her away. And uh, this is roughly when the Valique notices that Jake is morphing into a tiger, so it just drops her, and uh, Cassie's leaving. She's going to go get Rachel. But the thing is, is that she's trying to climb over Jake, so I guess she's sitting in the middle of the bench seat, but uh, he's already half tiger, and tigers be big and cannot fit in a car, so... Um, hmm. He gets, like, pushed out, and he has to go <coughs> climb in the back, so he's sitting in the bed of the truck. And it's not super easy for him, because he doesn't really have hands right now, but he's doing his best. And, um, then, uh, the, the thing comes after, uh, them in the truck. And, you know, Marco does, like, maybe a little bit slam directly into a car, which is where he's, like, you know, I mean, someone put it where he needed to go, it's fine. But uh, then he just does this thing where he does a full 180-degree turn with the smoke and the tires, and there's a tiger in the back of the truck, and he can't drive, and he's being chased by this horrible monster, and he is just thrilled, because this is a thing that we'll see in this book, and not a whole lot from other books, but uh, later I would be terrified. But right then, at that moment, I was just thinking, this is so cool. He loves this. <laughs> maybe maybe Marco is also a time traveler and he's getting Wipeout mixed up with Burnout Paradise where the goal is to slam into other people to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> this is um this is probably just about uh most like a lot maybe not every but a lot of twelve year old boys dream is to do just this. Oh yeah. To drive yeah. a pickup truck <laughs> recklessly down the highway <laughs> with a tiger. <laughs> Well, back. maybe not particularly with the tiger. At the least, driving a car recklessly down the highway. I would take just the tiger, thank you. This is this is the um the the Michael Bay adaptation of the Life of Pi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, actually, it does kind of have a little bit of energy of like when um. Uh, What's it called? Uh, what's her name? Uh, what's the girl from the first two Transformers when she's like driving Bumblebee when he's like hooked up to the truck or whatever? Cause, like, Megan he's... Fox. Yeah, Megan Fox. I was I was like, trying to remember her name. To be fair, I thought about Megan Fox in ages or anything like that. So like, cause I remember there's also that scene where like she's kind of doing exactly this with like dragging him because like his legs are shot out or something. This way he can still keep shooting, kind of deal. Kind of like that, but in reverse with them having a tiger in the back instead of Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nobody thought about the Michael Bay Transformer movies, especially the first one from like 2008, <laughs> uh, in like over a decade. <laughs> I yeah, but... must admit I hadn't. So <laughs> hey, there you go. See, nobody thought about them. They're they're very sexist and racist. Nobody should think about those movies. <laughs> Why are you telling me I should think about those movies? <laughs> Listen, it's like saying don't think about elephants. Okay, just yeah. Just don't. Listen, mm -hmm. listen, it's it's fine to think about and consume problematic media. Just be careful where your money goes, you know? And be careful who you're given, like who specifically, you're given your your uh your platform to. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 main the main issue like you can you can you know what, watch what like I'm not gonna say tell anyone to watch anything because strikes and stuff. 
Yeah, like, yeah. also that. Like, don't, don't, don't watch the Transformers movies. Don't watch yeah. them right now. Like, when the strike ends, whatever, don't watch them right now. But if you do, just, like, be critical, you know? Just, like, like know, know what's fucked up about them and, and know how to be better because of that. You know, yeah. learn from it. Maybe maybe just watch the Bumblebee movie when the strikes are over. No, don't watch any movie. movie. The strikes are happening. Don't watch no, that's don't why watch that's why it's specified when I, that's why it's specified when the strikes are over. <laughs> that doesn't matter. You're still promoting media during the strikes. Stop <laughs> being a scab. Don't, don't 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 watch anything. Don't watch don't watch like close. You want know sew your eyes shut. <laughs> yes. Sew your eyes shut. Don't watch anything. Listen only to podcasts. Listen only to this <laughs> podcast specifically. Over and over again. Also, go out, maybe go outside. Also, listen to our podcast outside. But, but, it's but, totally different out but there. But there's nothing to do outside. If we don't have the lawns, you can't go and touch the grass and outside. You gotta go don't actually else. sell your eyes shut. Don't actually sell your eyes shut. Yeah, no, that's our. I mean, if you're into it. You probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should continue with this book. Uh, yep. Chapter 29, which is a Jake chapter. I forgot that what? I actually specified. Huh? Chapter 26. 26, sorry, I was like, yeah. no, I was 26, I was, I was looking at the 6, like, in my defense, I've been up since 5.30am, <laughs> please bear with me. That's a 26, 29 is my Ape Escape one, that's why I was thinking that, I guess. 26, which is a Jake chapter, which I called Daytona, because I could only think of more racing games at the time. Uh, basically, it just sees, uh, I put the kids here, I don't know why it past 5 put the kids, because it's only Jake and Marco. In the truck, it's not like Cassie's there too. But yeah, they're at the highway with Marco basically saying that everything's all good here because it's like that part in Wipeout with the tunnel due to low visibility. Uh, just ignore that he always crashes in said tunnel, apparently. <laughs> uh, Jake is intentionally dragging out his morph as long as possible to keep the Valique interested in them. Uh, God, I didn't even look at the word and I still remembered how to pronounce Valique. Go me. I haven't talked about this book in like two months. <laughs> uh,. As they basically just continue barreling down the highway, going 70 miles an hour. But it basically does slowly start to gain on them, because it's a big dust monster and there are still kids in the car. Uh, so Marco decides to go off-road, which is a bad idea because going off-road makes you go slower, usually. And he slams through a fence to head for some trees, which... Wait, I'm trying to remember. Did they figure out... They figured out already that this thing isn't slowed down by trees, right? Yep. Because <laughs> they had... Right, they had that bit with... Yeah, they know that. Yeah, they had that bit with them as wolves with the thing chasing it. They know trees don't slow this thing down. What the fuck? Yeah, they just hate trees. Apparently. Uh, well, hey, we'll get to that. We'll get to the Cassie book in a few weeks. Uh, it turns out they really care about trees, actually. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, the plan at this point is for Jake to bail out and just take off as a tiger, and then like five minutes or so from then, Marco will morph to keep dragging the Valik away from each of them until hopefully this thing tires out. If it can, they are still not sure. Uh, basically, yeah. Uh, oh god, this is gonna date this. My next note here is, of course they don't know that it actually doesn't tire out, as Vista 3 told Axe last week. Uh, amend that to like two months ago when we would have been talking about no, this book last. No, it's last I, week. Last, what are you talking about? last week in terms of these episodes releasing, like two months. Time travel. <laughs> uh, this fucking door we're creating. <laughs> Whatever. Vista three had told Axe apparently in the past that uh, yeah, last the, week that the Valique does not tire out. 
<laughs> he wouldn't have been told an X. Yeah. <laughs> he just did. This isn't even, like, a debate. This is a thing that happened last <laughs> yeah, week. <laughs> yeah, I, I have it in my notes that Max was informed about this. I don't remember what chapter that was in. I do remember this, but I don't remember exactly when it would have happened, but it did happen at this point. Anyway. It's fine. It's fine. It was yeah. in chapter 18. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, but yeah, basically, they slam into a tree at this point because Marco's sex is driving. Uh, also, this lets them slow down enough for Jake to be able to hop out rather than just immediately hitting a tree and splatting. Uh, <laughs> and instead of just running away, basically, Jake charges at the Valique but skids under it to test how fast he can, like, make a Yui, which turns out it's not very quick at doing that. Alright, this is when, for some reason, Jake decides to run up a tree as part of the Tired as Fuck Monster Out plan, but he has to bail out just into the thin air, basically, because this thing just shreds trees. So, of course, mm -hmm. it just destroys the tree that he's on. And he's like, oh, well, that was probably a bad idea, and just let's jump. <laughs> I forgot that he does that. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. You know this thing flies faster than 70 miles an hour. Why would you go up a tree? And also, it destroys trees. You know this. Why would you do this? <laughs> well, I mean, if not, like... I will give him this. Tigers are not going to outrun that thing. Full stop. They're not. They're, they're, well, they're yeah. sprinters. They're not endurance runners. So I could understand wanting to put an obstacle between the monster and himself. But... Yeah, but, like, he's already just now figured out this thing doesn't turn very fast. He should just keep trying to take, like, sharp turns. Like sharp turns to make this thing keep slowing down enough to s turn to chase him. That's probably the better idea than just going up a tree or trying to run as fast as you can. I don't know. They're teenagers. They're not smart at times. Going up a tree is technically a sharp turn. I, <laughs> I guess it's a vertical turn in a sense, but still. <laughs> I mean, any turn the Valique makes is a sharp turn. It's got all those teeth. Uh, Whoa! Boo. Anyway, chapter 27, <laughs> which I called uh, Convenient Flashbacks Are Convenient, which is a Rachel chapter. Uh, we rewind in time a little bit because, yeah, that's what this book does a lot, where uh, basically, as the Valique had left uh, Rachel behind in favor of chasing after Marco and Jake, uh, Rachel basically just gets a flashback to a moment where she slammed, like that moment early in this book when she slammed into the tree as an eagle, which of course triggered her uh, amnesia here. But she does remember Tobias's name in the process. Yeah, not Cassie, apparently. <laughs> she then notices that Cassie had stayed behind and has another flashback to the construction site where they all met Elfanger, and she remembers that Cassie was there too. And when she calls her Rachel, uh, she has multiple different flashbacks to the points in her childhood of people referring to her by that name. Again, very convenient that she's having all these flashbacks. <laughs> she, at this point, demands to know who Cassie is because she isn't sure if she's a friend or not. And tells her that she cannot remember that they're friends, nor who or what uh, her, she even is, because she's like, people can't turn to animals, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> she notes that the initial cops who were here took off after the truck instead, but it sounds like more sirens are approaching. As Cassie explains that she's an animorph and that uh, Rachel's going to have to trust her, because, you know, hey, what else other options you have? Which Rachel just seemingly agrees to do, because what other options does she have? <laughs> Forgot I that feel that. like the cops leaving to take off after a truck, like, this is purely them just trying to dodge responsibility, right? Yeah, you would you would still think in, like, an optimal world where police were not shitty fascists, that, you know, they would uh, split up their forces a little bit to be like, okay, y'all just keep tailing the elephant until animal control can get here, the rest of us yeah. will go out to this truck. Yeah. 
But no. It's just like, there's a an, a wild elephant and a mm-hmm. buzzsaw monster running around, but actually that truck is going dry and dangerous. They we need to get to that one. I think that it's a tornado and not a buzzsaw monster. Hmm? <laughs> uh, these guys got a really good look at it, is the thing. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they also got a pretty good look at Rachel being half human, half elephant, and they're just, like, immediately still no cover of these kids are ever blown. <laughs> so... Well, to be fair, not half human, half elephant. Elephant with human ears. Okay, still. <laughs> still not recognizable as yeah, Rachel. But... They're, they're not questioning that this is really weird, so it's like... I, I guess the I guess the implication is that the cops that are there, even if they're like surprised at this, just kind of immediately are like, oh, this must be an Andalite bandit then, if they're not being like, what? It's an elephant with human ears. <laughs> Or whatever. They're I don't just know. Just not controllers. I guess not, because if yeah, that's a good point. If they were, they would stay behind to take in Rachel. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. if they were, if they were controllers, they'd be like, "That's an analyte." Also, yep. if, if they were controllers and they stayed behind to deal with Rachel, they would see Cassie there and then be like, "Okay, why is there a human girl here? Okay, maybe the analyte bandits ain't analytes." <laughs> You know, they had that rumor going around from that guy Tom, and I guess maybe he's onto something, but uh, nobody was going to be the one to tell Visit 3 about this shit. So I guess they're just regular cops, and they're just, again, okay with an elephant running loose. Yep. I mean, I just patiently like, hey, uh, there's that truck doing that thing. I'm going to go over that. After that, instead, Tom is doing this big elephant. It's like, yeah, let's do that. I guess animal control will get on it. Uh, <laughs> uh. uh seems like. Man, I just now remembered that bit when they take Axe into the mall to the radio shack to buy all those parts, and he just fully turns into an Andalite and is just stomping around the mall and then also to a grocery store as just an old full Andalite form and nobody ever... You know, no one. Yeah. Like, I mean, no, p- people actually do, like, know that he's an Andalite, and in fact, they do, in fact, get chased by well, controllers. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, point. well, the controllers, yeah. yes. The general populace isn't always talking about, hey, did, do you all remember that time when, like, mm. he turned into a big blue deer with a fucking sword tail? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was, a, it was a chemical leak. Mass hallucinations. Mass hysteria. <laughs> there was, um... I mean, that's uh, what they've been doing with the fucking buzzsaw monster, but I don't know how anybody else buys that shit. <laughs> it was, a uh, it was a thing. They were shooting a movie. They were shooting a movie, and, uh, it was, it had, it had a very realistic alien costume. People, people got scared. They didn't know what was going on. Um, it's fine. Unfortunately, it's it. stuck in development hell, so you'll never see that blue thing yeah, again, but you, don't worry you, about it. Yeah, there was yeah. also that one guy that Ra- that saw Rachel and was following her back in book two, and she just turned into partially an elephant to scare him off, and it's like, uh... Yeah, like, don't worry about it. He died off screen. Somebody, there had, please tell me there's somebody in one of these books that is like, there's a lot of weird fucking shit going on and nobody seems to want to talk about it. There's that, like, report about a guy who saw a girl turn into an elephant, and then also there was another elephant that destroyed the car park. Maybe the same elephant, who knows. And also this other, other, elephant, other, other elephant. I can't say other, other elephant, apparently, without tripping all my words. The thing is, Vivian, the thing is, is that guy from book two is dead. He doesn't come back. The end. Full stop. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you say that, and meanwhile, it's like, I've also been thinking about it recently, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess maybe also Rachel's friend of that book is also dead, because she doesn't come back. Tobias mentioned her no. once, but it's like, 
We've already had multiple mentions of Melissa since then. We've had fine. one by Tobias in like the third book. Melissa, so I've been reading ahead and I'm actually on book like 24 at this point. Jesus Christ. And, uh, she does get mentioned later on in the series, but she doesn't really show up again. She's just okay, name dropped. So still, again, my theory that she might as well also be dead could be true then because they're like maybe being like, oh yeah, I haven't seen Melissa in a while. I wonder what's going on with her. Anyway. <laughs> I will tell you this. She makes at least one more in-person appearance. That is all I will say. Yeah, that corpse. Let's <laughs> let's split the difference and say she's a zombie, and then keep going. Because I have a limited amount of time, and it's yeah, already fair. Same. It's been it's an already, hour. It's already time yep. yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, chapter twenty-eight, which is the next chapter, which I called captured in four K, because Zach is watching a video this whole time. Uh, he basically's in a. Uh... Oh right, I forgot about this Ramonite stuff that is introduced in this book and then never brought up again. It's, it's, a, it's so. A... It's, it's it's named after the Ramones, and it's uh it's it's because it, we're actually is aliens. Is, is, oh wait, no, it's because we mentioned the Ramones in like one of the recent books too, right? <laughs> right in in the next Cassie book, the Ramones get name dropped. Damn <laughs> spoilers! Stop hey, it! Hey, hey, yeah, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. Is this really called after the Ramones, or is this just a goof that you're doing? No, I'm just, just okay. I I could I can't tell. I, these books were written almost thirty years ago. Maybe that was. Applegate's inspiration. I don't know. But yeah, this is basically a metal that can, like, stretch open and have its opaqueness adjusted on a molecular level, so that's why basically, like, Max can just have a wall seemingly, like, be see-through, so that's why he can just spot stuff. He's just depressed about how he didn't even try to kill Versa 3, as his cousins demand that he avenge his brother. But he knows that, uh, logistically speaking, he'd have been disintegrated by all the various laser beams pointed at him before he even got close to doing anything. One of the walls on his little box cage becomes transparent so they can see the bridge of the blade ship. And after a brief and mandatory explanation from him about what taxons and Harkbazir are, because even if this is like even if this is a special book and everything with different point of views, they still have to explain stuff. Because they do that every book. Well this uh, is more likely to be the first book that someone picks up because it's got a number one on the front. I guess, <laughs> yeah, but if it doesn't say animorphs then it says megamorphs. It says Animorphs. It's got the big logo. Me- Megamorphs, Megamorphs is Mega, which is better. So clearly, you want this one instead. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's exactly why you should always get Pokemon X and Y instead of any other Pokemon games, right? Because it's got you gotta, Megas. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta like go back to your twelve-year-old brain in order to mm-hmm. understand. Oh yeah, like what, mm-hmm. why, how, how kids made decisions about this book, these books, how. We, as children, made decisions about these books. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously there has to be supermorphs and also ultramorphs by that logic. <laughs> um, no. Anyway, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, did, 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 where'd I leave up? Uh, yeah, he also sees that there are human controllers here who are, have basically at this point been integrated into the York Empire positions. Uh, at this point, Vista 3 explains that Axe might enjoy watching the hologram feed of the Vleets closing in on, J- on Jake as a tiger, because apparently they have just a drone or something like that watching this. No ship around that Jake from this point, at, from what I remember. It's just, they just have a camera feed somehow. Yep. Just just one guy flying after this thing in a jetpack, I guess. They fly now. <laughs> I think that they are somehow hijacking the Vleets ability to see because it's the only thing in the area they, they attach the I gopro think... to one of the little guys of the fleet yeah <laughs> there you go aren't they <laughs> no that's later thousands of gopros attached to each little thing of the fleet <laughs> or they got a really good telescope 
sorry, Rita Repulsa. <laughs> I mean, you 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 joke, <laughs> but but Mister Three is basically doing a Rita Repulsa here. I guess, yeah. He sent he sent his monster down to fight the the power. I mean, the animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> they're bit, they're kind of Power Rangers. <laughs> they have animal <laughs> forms. <laughs> Animorphs are to Power Rangers as Madoka Magica is to Magical Girl anime, or as Evangelion is to Mecha. But they can both say it's Morphin time. They can. No, um, isn't that like a trademark thing that um, that uh, Power Rangers has though? It's legally distinct Morphing time. <laughs> All you have to do is put a G on the end of morphing, like morphing. Oh, morphing right, because it's time. morphing, right? <laughs> it is. It is time for morphing. We are in the age of morphing. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, where did I leave off again? Uh, Richard Three basically at this point once again appreciates the tiger as an agile hunter as they watch Jake plummet from the tree because he went up a tree that suddenly got destroyed. Uh, because Richard Three apparently likes cats. <laughs> But at that point, uh, the Vleek hesitates before uh, dissipating much to his anger, because, th th I mean, to be fair, his anger is, like, the only emotion this guy has. Mm. Uh, human controller at this point believes that it must have sensed another morph, so of course, as expected, Visitory hates that the Vleek would be easily distracted, and also that somebody would speak to him, so he threatens this guy to speculate faster as to the why of this. Uh, I say guy, I mean, to be fair, we don't get, like, gendered pronouns with this person, so that's why I should just use they, them. Uh, mm -hmm. th this person continues just saying that the tiger's morph was finished, so the Vleek's attraction to the morphing energy weakened enough to go after another source. You know, at least from what he speculates. Or they speculate. Mm -hmm. Uh, a taxon says something in their language, which... Do we ever get the taxon language translated or anything? No, it's uh, just a bunch of, like, weird hisses and squeaks. Okay, I yeah. mean, it... They're space bugs, so I guess that's why. They can't is, really... Sorry, go on. I mean, it it is hypothetically possible to communicate with them through the use of thought speech, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. They don't really, like, have the mouth to speak Gallard or mm. English. They can yeah. understand language. Yeah, they apparently but... understand English just perfectly fine, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, also, well, they understand Visitor 3's thought speech, because thought speech right. transcends language. But, the, but they've also had, like, just, like, human controllers talking to them in English, I think, and they were just, like, doing their hissing stuff in response or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like in Star Wars, where you'll have, like, one character speaking Huddies and one character speaking uh, Basic, and yeah. they can understand each other fine, and they're not, like, translating or whatever and they're just I mean, like oh yeah han solo in particular probably has a bunch of different languages that he knows just because of his profession like he probably had yeah. to learn stuff definitely hoodies <laughs> though because it's like yeah. the most it's like the the lingua franca of the outer mm. rim oh yeah yeah that would be like the main one besides basic probably because... yes no the animorphs are fully just not going to learn taxon speak so i will tell you that okay unless mm. someone else knows how to speak it it's just probably not going to get guess, translated for us did, yeah i guess there's just like there's it's ever been come up but like i guess like in any normal like sci-fi setting i would just imagine that, that like oh okay they must have translators and just don't bring it up but it's like doesn't seem like it because like people understand the taxon and the taxon clearly understand other people when they talk but like there's... They never yeah, mentioned they do anything not have like translators. That. People just there, speak the language. There's yeah. also something really weird about taxons. 
in relation to language, but I can't talk about it until the Andalite Chronicles, and that's yeah, okay. a long yep. time from now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just, like, one of those, like, funny things, again, because, like, Axe also fully understands the English when the kids are talking to him, and he, like, basically they, thinks English back at them, essentially. In they the actually... <laughs> he doesn't think English back, he, he thinks Andalite back, but the, they actually do explain why Axe can understand the Animorphs immediately, uh, in the Andalite Chronicles. <laughs> so, again, you'll just have to wait for that. I, I like, again, how it's like, every time I have a question, it's either like, yeah, they never answer that, or, eh, they do, but you'll find out in, like, 30 bucks from now. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost always gonna be a Chronicles book. Yeah, it's like, it's like, always one of the two. It's like, yeah, they don't bother, or, they wait, like, four years. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> never like oh yeah that'll be in like two books for now <laughs> nothing never mm. that answer nope <laughs> any case yeah uh where did you yeah this taxon says something in in their language but uh this taxon instead gets just visual three cutting it open with his sword tail because of course somebody spoke up as well so it's like well only one guy gets to go actually speak up the visual three second guy i guess it's on site <laughs> Uh, he's not dead. Yep, he's, yep, oh yeah, yeah, two dings for him, yeah, because he killed two people. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he's never been much one for having people explain stuff to him because he's a dumbass and he also is dangerous and refuses to ever hear people talk, so whatever. Uh, yeah, he's also just not into hearing other people talk about how difficult it is to keep a visual lock in the leak at this point. He, so he demands that bug fighters be launched to be able to keep, uh, you know, track of the Valique going around, and also somebody should actually pay attention to Axe, because, uh, you know, he's in this box, but Axe is just acting all smug about how this isn't going as easy as Vista 3 would have expected, but Vista 3 does know that Morphing has weaknesses, and that he's about to complicate things for the kids, because he's a dick. Yeah. Yay. In any case, this is uh, chapter 29, which uh, is Marco chapter, which I'm now going to rename uh, Nobody Stole My Thunder, because it's <laughs> aka I, I actually did name this chapter way back before I traveled back in time, um, <laughs> because I thought this was my chapter at first. So you, can borrow, you can borrow my name for it. What was, what was your name? Uh, Marco probably picks DK and Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, he probably would. Hello, um... I don't know. Mark, I guess Marco strikes me as the kind of kid who would ever pick DK or Bowser, or he would get really defensive about playing Peach all the time or something like that, being like, "No, I just like her for the stats." <laughs> like, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, why you're you making fun of me for playing a girl? I just like her stats, <laughs> kind of deal. Rosalina is the Rosalina is the only, yeah, and Rosalina is the only heavyweight character who's a girl in Mario Kart. I just want to play a heavyweight character. Fuck you. <laughs> Marco yeah. will probably come out as bi in ten years. Yeah, maybe. So it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In any case, uh, yeah. Uh, Marco at this point is basically just patting himself on the back about how his driving skills must be okay or at least getting better now since he's back on a nice little road behind the housing developments, just roughly near where they all started with this. Especially because he's not just died by this point by crashing the car or anything. He, at this point, uh, has his turn come up for taking attention from the Vleek, which I guess is, again, what we would have seen, because this must be also in the past from the previous chapter, when the Vleek would get distracted from Jake, because it's now going out to Marco, so he starts to morph into uh, his gorilla form while he's driving, since they're supposed to bring what's left of the truck back in, you know, at the end of this anyway, so he wants to be able to drive the truck still while being a morph. 
Uh, but yeah, but he begins as he's uh, finally still hitting a bunch of mailboxes still. So it's like, well, it's, he's not hitting other cars, but he's still hitting stuff. <laughs> Uh, but the rest of this chapter is basically just the morphing process explained, as we get all the time, usually from multiple chapters, but in this case multiple characters as well. Uh, and despite basically his strength and his confidence as the gorilla, he admits that he's terrified at being bait as the leak starts to descend upon the truck. That's, that, that's the entire chapter. It's really just a setup, him being like, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> yeah, yep. this is a lot of paragraphs about gorillas are cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really just that. Like, again, it gorilla. is a... It is it is a lot of just like and then I began to morph and I got the hair and stuff. <laughs> but also Gorilla Strunk. Gorilla Strunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh chapter thirty. Chapter thirty is a Rachel chapter and I have called it post amnesia recap because that's what it is. Um so Rachel's an elephant and she's got her trunk held high. She's trumpeting in defiance as she charges toward the tree line. Um She's, like, crashing through yards and lawns, and she uh, is trying to get away from from the Valique. And uh, Cassie's riding on her back. And Cassie is, at this point, explaining everything. Uh, she said, she, t- she tells Rachel what her name is. She tells her that she's an animorph. She tells, them, she t- tells her, like, where, um, where they got the powers from uh, and all that stuff. Basically, it's the recap we get at the beginning of every book. Um... Except that it's, like, fully, like, three-fourths of the way through this one. Yep. Uh, so, um, you know, and while they're doing that, they're trying to get away, like, to the forest, away from innocent people, so that they don't, you know, cause any, like, collateral damage during this fight. Um, and, of course, the stuff that Cassie's saying is is insane. Um, she explains who everyone is. Um, and then Rachel gets this, like, flash of something. She she sees this this place beneath the, the bowels of the earth, a, a dim, quote, a dim cave as big as a sports dome in the center of a pool. So she's she's reliving the, the battle of the York Pool, basically. Uh, she hears the cries, the tears of despair and terror. She She's, um, like, remembering herself as being the elephant there. Not here as she's an elephant right now, but there in the York Pool as an elephant. Um, fighting against the the Yerks within, and she sees a bird, uh, a hawk, um, joining that battle, and and um, she mentions this to Cassie, and Cassie says that's Tobias. Uh, so, uh, Rachel mentions like the old woman who they met like earlier on in the book, um, yelling about Yerks, and Cassie oh, says, yeah, yeah she was right, the Yerks are real. Right, that and, was this and, book. <laughs> yeah, she she like fan. So we we we, t- we talked about that last week? last ep- last week. Yeah, um, I'm being ga- being gaslit on my own podcast. Uh, how she how there, there's a fan theory that she was the um uh was the, the lady that woman they, they saved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the lady that rode Cassie's back as a horse. Because like honest, because like honestly, where else was that woman gonna go? Yeah, the um, the, the one person that didn't immediately get fireballed by Vicious Three and yeah. all of them died when the kids <laughs> got everybody else out. Um, so they're trying to keep uh the bleak distracted because it chases after morphing energy, and this is what Cassie is explaining. Um, we don't know if it's gonna they don't know if it's gonna wear out. Um, but they're they're trying. Uh, so there's a little. Um, mention where like Cassie says, um, 
you know, the bad guys seem to have all the power most of the time, and sometimes we think it's a hopeless fight, and then Rachel responds, uh, isn't that the best kind of fight? And then Cassie's like, well, you're still Rachel, even though you've lost your memory. Um, so, uh, Cassie wonders if it's time for her to jump off and morph, and Rachel says no, because the Valik couldn't lift her, so if, um, like, if it comes after them, then the fact that she's on Rachel will, will, will protect her. Um, she decides that she's going to morph something smaller, Cassie does, uh, so that it won't be able to separate her, um, and, uh, she's gonna go squirrel. Um, so she starts morphing. And then we get to chapter 31, which is a Marco chapter, and I've called it Wipeout. Um, <laughs> so, Marco is a gorilla and is driving. Uh, and it turns out, gorillas don't drive too good, especially if they're Marco. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Marco doesn't drive too good, and being a gorilla ain't gonna help his score. I mean, again, yeah, exactly. have, have you ever seen Donkey Kong in the cart, especially, like, the older ones? He's there with the very little steering wheel, because he's too big for the cart. <laughs> And he, he's looking in the rearview mirror and he's seeing this, this, like, 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 Yog Sothoth back there, you know, with the, the <laughs> like, gnashing teeth and eyes and whatnot. And I'm just, I'm just picturing that with, like, the, this objects in mirror are closer than they appear. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if, if this was adapted into a movie, you definitely know they would spoof that bit with the T Rex yeah. in the rearview mirror bit from Jurassic Park here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Toy Story even did it. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I didn't, that was, is that where that's from? It's, it's yes, from I mean, Jurassic Park, and then, yeah, Toy Story 2 has that yeah. with Rex recreating it when they're in the toy yeah. store. Um, so, and then there's suddenly there's big flashes of light from the sky. Oh no, Dracon beams. They got the bug fighters down there. Uh, so it's not entirely Marco's fault that he crashes because there were Dracon beams involved. Uh, and I guess. there's, <laughs> and there's some onomatopoeia that tells us that the, uh, truck has, uh, screeched and whamped. Uh, which means that it's, it's, um, you know, it's veered off of the road and crashed. And, uh, Marco's now rolling, rolling, suddenly pain, flying in a ditch, water. Um, so, uh, the car's just fully crashed. And, uh, there's Dracon beams slicing the ground. Uh, if Marco had been human at the time, he'd just be dead. But, um, a 70 mile an hour crash won't kill a gorilla. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, they do have much thicker bones than humans, so... Also way more muscle, so, like, it might yeah. take more of the impact than, like, you know, a 12-year-old could. Yeah, I don't know how gorillas would fare in crashes, and it's probably unethical yeah, because I'd, that. Yeah, I'd imagine also, yep. like, Marco probably didn't have his seatbelt on, even in kid form, because, like, he definitely would have had to at least take it off when he was starting to morph, because otherwise he would definitely just be getting crushed into the seat because of the seatbelt pulling against his gorilla mask. I guess you could make, like, a ballistics gel gorilla, but I don't know. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, um, call, we'll call Adam Savage and Jamie Heinemann, <laughs> get back one episode of Mythos, and being like, hey, can y'all figure out if Marco in gorilla form and Megamorphs 1 would actually not die when he crashed into a car going 70 miles an hour or not? Rest in peace, Grant Imahara. Yeah. Um... So, uh, then there's a trumpeting sound from the distance, and it seems like that's Rachel. Uh, Marco loses consciousness. Um, but before he does, he's 
thinking about morphing. So let's see if that happens. <laughs> I've called chapter 32, uh, which is a Cassie chapter, Squirrel was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> uh, so Cassie's morphed Squirrel before, so she knows what to expect, but it's still kind of difficult because uh, squirrels and most rodents, in fact, and anamorphs, live in a constant state of perpetual terror. <laughs> and this is um, probably pretty accurate, actually, I would think, to, to reality. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I like, I like how you specify animorphs when it's like most prey animals are usually very skittish because they're prey to, like, everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, she's very hungry because the squirrel's hungry. Um, but if she can control the squirrel's fear... Uh, she could probably control her own. So she's uh, focusing, and then she sees the beast, the Valique. Um, so the, the morphing energy is drawing the Valique to her. Um, so she stops the morph, uh, and she does it mostly because if... Like, she knows that if her, her, her own fear meets the squirrel's fear, she's not going to be able to re regain control of the morph. Um... And, uh, suddenly there's that, 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 you know, fear does kind of become a reality because suddenly there's a, um, sort of a predator response because there's something above her, like a giant bird. Uh, but it turns out it's not a bird, it's a bug fighter. And we've got, uh, more onomatopoeia of Dracon beams, which I don't know if we've mentioned this, they make a siu sound. <laughs> Every single time we have a Dracon beam, they make a siu sound. Um... And, uh, you know, Rachel, um, cries in thought speak, asks what's happening. So another Dracon beam comes down as they're running and, uh, Rachel sort of screams in agony as an elephant. Cassie smells burnt flesh. So Rachel's been hit. There's a seared, uh, line of flesh down Rachel's side. Um, she's like still up, but she's heavily injured. Uh, and, um, Cassie is thrown from her. Uh, she's still, like, part squirrel, part... She's she's a squirrel girl at this point. Uh, <laughs> Which, again, speaking of the amount of times and they should figure out these kids, the fact that they have bug fighters around and they're seeing a person who is half squirrel, half human. Well, it, what it All says right. here is a twisted, half-formed creature. So I don't know if it's clear that she's, uh, like, human at this point, you know? Mm. Um, Side switch. I feel like humanoid-ish is a plausible halfway between Andalite and Squirtle. I, I mean, yeah. you're losing yeah. limbs anyway, you're turning from yeah. blue to pink, it's like... There's a certain level, like, in the middle morph where, like, what is actually the, the, the default form is going to be kind of obfuscated, you know? Eh, it's like, Yeah. Um, it's not turning blue, though, I'll point that out. <laughs> Also, this is at night, right? No, she's turning brown because she's turning into a squirrel. No, she's like, turning out yeah. from being a squirrel. Oh, my mistake. I'm sorry. Like this is this is at night, right? I kind of pictured this being. As it is, at night. yes. Yeah, so it might be hard to see her. You know, um, I saw the leak against guess, the moon earlier. I guess I'm so. just, yeah. I guess I'm just assuming that bug fighters would have like a floodlight on them. <laughs> Probably, but it's still hard to see. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, still night. So, um... Again, may maybe every fucking guy actually does know that these are human kids, and again, nobody just wants to tell Visa 3 because it's like, I'm not gonna be the one to correct him, he's gonna fucking kill me. 
<laughs> yeah, if uh, no, I'm not pretending otherwise. If Fisher Three didn't kill everyone who looked at him sideways or said that he was wrong, then they would have figured out that the animorphs were human by now. Oh yeah, uh, but <laughs> like, no, that's the, not the case. Like, there's like some Yorks being like, "Hey, is it possible for us to like contact Fisher One to get her to maybe talk to him or get somebody else to talk to him about like you have to actually entertain this might be a possibility, my guy. There's enough evidence pointing to this be possibly being a possibility." You cannot just kill all your guys who suggest this. Um, well, that's not how Yorks work. Uh, so... <laughs> You're being like, maybe we could just send an anonymous email to him? <laughs> Rachel's on her side, and she's uh, trumpeting in rage and pain. Um, you know, Cassie is um, still, you know, part squirrel. She's not complete with her... She's still part human. She's not. She hasn't completed her morph. Uh, and the Valik closes around her, and she closes her eyes, and that's the end of that chapter. We go into chapter 33, which is narrated by Axe, and I have called it Time to Flee. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Axe is watching all this happen from up in space on the hologram in the blade ship, and, uh, the picture, um becomes sharper. Uh, they've switched the camera to one of the gun cameras on the bug fighters. Uh, Axe sees the elephant running, he sees the, the truck racing, sees the Valique, um, sees the sees Rachel get shot by the Dracon beam, by like a full, uh, you know, bug fighter Dracon beam, which is impressive. Uh, yeah. Considering we've seen those fully disintegrate construction yeah, equipment before. I, I was going to bring that up. It's like, I have questions about the, like, how Dracon beams actually work at times. Because again, like, sometimes they just immediately disintegrate something. And other times it's like, oh, Rachel got hit. They, but I guess Elephant is stronger than construction vehicle. So here, here, here's the thing. Uh, Dracon beams have different settings. Like, they're like phasers oh, okay. on Star Trek. You can set right. them You can set them to different settings. And right now they don't want to kill the Animorphs. They want to capture them. Right. So their, their, their goal here is probably to incapacitate Rachel, not to kill Rachel. Okay, yeah. Um, that, or they don't disintegrate you unless they do enough damage to take your HP down to zero. <laughs> like, like, uh... Like the D and D spell disintegrate. Yeah, yeah. it would yes. be a little bit too powerful if you had just a gun that just kept casting disintegrate over and over <laughs> again. No spell thought needed. Also, infinite charges. <laughs> like, man, that's that's like what is that? That's ten d six plus forty forest or something, right? Well, I, think I mean, my head. we do see a skunk survive a dracon hit, so it's probably only like a one d eight weapon. It's just that it has a disintegrate effect if it kills you. <laughs> So it's really more just magic missile, is what you're saying. <laughs> Visor three is up, is up in his moon palace. I mean, blade ship, um, like, uh, gloating over, uh, you know, Rachel getting shot. Uh, he's going, come to me, my little pet. Bring me my second Andalite bandit. Um, and then he uh, looks at Axe and he says, "You'll have company soon." Um, he then, uh, says to call the bug fighters, tell them to land and hold, uh, like, keep a hold of, of Rachel, because she's incapacitated, but she's still too big for the Valik to carry, so she's gonna have to demorph to heal herself, and at that point, uh, Visser 3 is figuring that they can capture her. 
Um, so, uh, <laughs> one of the human controllers, uh, suggests that they call some of the Earth-based human controllers, because they're gonna be less conspicuous than hork and for one... For once, Visser 3 takes some good advice from <laughs> and decides that they will do that. Um, but then uh, he does, for just for good measure, tell him to threaten the, bu- the bug fighter crews uh, with, with becoming Taxon Chow if they, don't, uh, if they don't succeed. And then he's going to go to his quarters, I guess, to play with his action figures. <laughs> I like that that's just like kind of a... Uh, like afterthought of his being like you know what actually that does make sense but also let those guys know if they fuck up I'll kill them instead of you <laughs> yeah person who gave me advice that actually is good <laughs> he also says to blank the andalite's cage which like why why would you all you're doing is making it so that it acts can morph without you seeing it's all you he's, he's trapped whether the cage is transparent or not it's one of those things that's like, oh, Vista 3 actually had like a good idea because he actually took somebody else's good idea to use rather than just outright dismiss it and then murder that guy. But then he immediately backpedals on that by making a really stupid decision. Yeah. <laughs> he has to immediately make a terrible idea. Uh-huh. So uh, what what happens is that Axe's cage becomes opaque. Uh, and then he realizes, oh, wow, from way back in the beginning of this book when Marco was trying to hold a flea cure over Axe's head, turns out he has fleas, which means he has a flea with him, which means he can acquire the flea and morph it. But that raises questions about what happens to the other fleas that are on Axe when he morphs. <laughs> yeah, when like, Axe turns into a flea, he should just be there surrounded by like, tw- like 20 other fleas. Just all of them being <laughs> like, what be, the yes. fuck? I, there, was, there, was, there was, like, blood here just, like, a second ago? Where'd the blood go? Yeah, it, turn, it, tur- it turns out that, um, actually, I feel like what I would actually happen to be a lot more gruesome than that, but it doesn't in this case. Instead, the fleas just go away. Yeah, uh, I have a, I, there's a thing I can mention from the Marco book that we talked about. <laughs> which, uh, hmm. Yeah. Um, Those fleas go there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, actually. Uh, no, not that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he acquires the flea, and he starts to morph it. I totally forgot also till now, he's not the first of them to actually morph into a flea, because Jake also has a flea morph. Yep. Totally had forgotten um, about that. Yeah, so he morphs flea, and he uh, shrinks down and becomes a bug, and we got that morphing is gross. Uh, description. Uh, he grows a big, big, long tusks for sucking blood. And then he also <laughs> wonders why a flea should have a taste for Andalite blood. And yeah, I wonder that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, I get... It doesn't seem very good. Like, I don't think... that That's something else I have to mention. Do we ever find out they just have, like, regular blood or, like, blue alien blood or something later on? It's blue. Okay, so so yeah. like at least my instinct of like oh it's like Halo alien blood is accurate there, but it's like yeah I, I still have questions about like well also like every every species blood works different so who knows if yeah. they they're okay drinking his blood and likes have blue blood um so they like Vulcans that way so um so uh acts as a flea now uh but he can still hear Visser Three's thought speech. So, um, Visser 3 is giving orders to someone. He's telling people to follow him to the bridge. Uh, so, Visser 3 is coming back, and, 
uh, the Valik is coming in. So uh, he orders someone to open the hatch. At this point, Axe can't really hear, so he's basically just privy to Visitor Three's thought speech, because you don't need to hear that. Um, and he asks for the cage orders that the cage be uh, brightened up so that Axe can see uh, that his compatriots been captured. And when they do, they see that the cage is empty because, duh, because of course <laughs> it is, because you blanked it out. <laughs> um, I so, could see the hypothetical value of a cage that you could, like, blank out entirely, especially if it's on your battle bridge like this. But also, yeah. It's an Andalite. It's going to turn into something while you're not looking at it. Yeah, yes. especially when you can't look at it because you made the gates be obscured. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um... I'm just now re realizing just how well one of the Ganymorphs could do as, like, a stage magician if people didn't know that they could turn into an animal because, like, they could do, like, the whole, like, oh, I'm going to go inside this box and put a uh, little rug over it. And then they'll disappear, and they just turn into, like, an ant or something, so people can't see where they went. <laughs> okay, now we put this rug over the box. Now we're just gonna sit here for three yeah, whole minutes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, uh, I'm still casting the spell to d disappear them. <laughs> and it's like, you're waiting, basically, for your friend to be like, okay, I'm good, We're, like, talking to you on, like, thought speech, being like, okay, yeah, you can take the thing off now. <laughs> so, Visitor 3 yells and says he's gonna kill everyone if, uh, if Axe escapes, um, and there's like a, ru a, a, a rush of air Axe feels, and he's able to um, smell like living a living creature with his flea senses. Uh, Visser 3 uh, yells, no, don't open the cage, which like, fair, that was a stupid thing for someone to do. <laughs> uh, but it's too late because Axe has already jumped. Uh, and... Um, like, you know, fleas can jump pretty far. So uh, he's jumped onto something. Uh, and he, he hits something living. Uh, Visitor 3 screams, close the cage. And then there's a swift movement in the air above Axe. Uh, and then the thing that he's attached to falls and no longer smells like life. Ding, ding. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Visitor 3 just killed a controller. Uh, this is also not how dying works. But it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, typically the body would stay warm for a bit more, so Axe wouldn't immediately be like, yep, he's dead. <laughs> yep. The body's still warm, it just doesn't smell alive is all. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I, it's that, I'm not like, a flea, I don't know. <laughs> Visser 3's tail doesn't immediately decompose a body. <laughs> no, it just takes away the smell of being alive. Which is a thing that fleas can sense. That's not... <laughs> it, it applies a heavy uh, dosage of wind, uh, not Windex, uh, like air freshener to basically take away the body smell. <laughs> That's not how smells or life works. Ben, as if you're a flea. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I read it in Animorphs book. Yeah, it must be true. Fleas, um, fleas have a very stupid uh, ability from like uh, putting this into hero terms, uh, hero 6 edition in particular. Uh, they have the ability to detect life, and when life is no longer around, they're like, yep, I don't detect life anymore. Hmm, pity. It's just, it's like, it's like a mantis shrimp being able to see things that we can't see. Fleas can just smell life. It's okay. <laughs> But yeah, um, so, yeah, 
big load today, but we are through yeah. it. Those are our chapters. Does anybody have comments? Uh, big monster, huh? Big monster. Big, big monster. monster. Get big and and catch catch animorphs, and it's 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 big. It's it's basically an action movie. There's not a yeah. whole lot of character stuff happening here. Um, yeah, all of our chapters today were kind of just one big scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty um, much with like a little bit of like time rewinding to the earlier scenes. So are we going to have to continue staying in this timeline for the next episode in order to fix the next one? Or did you manage to get that to... Um, well, I mean, I definitely do need to go back in time to record the next episode. But if we set our watches correctly, I think we can avoid having to do this whole thing again. So we'll okay. figure that out. Um, but yeah, um... I will be traveling to the future a little bit, but not all the way, and we'll be okay. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> all right. For the, so, for the listener's uh, sake, I did immediately post the the gif of Doc Brown doing the whole skews into this timeline bit from Back to the Future 2 to prove the point. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I want, I want to thank the listeners for being patient with our technical difficulties. This is frustrating for us, and we're trying to, to, to get around it. Um... So I think next time it'll like uh, next time it'll still be I think the end of of this Megamorphs book, um, yep. and then and then y'all can can listen to the episodes we've already recorded um, about you know books uh, books uh, eight through etc. <laughs> the the next Dax books, the next Cassie book, and the beginning yeah. of Marco. <laughs> yeah, that's where we are now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, all right, yeah. Remembering that we are back in time, and thus we do not know what Zero did. I think there's nothing left to say. Oh no! Remember, Zero did nothing wrong. Zero did nothing wrong. But I finally had an answer to this. But you can't spoil it as to what it is. So I you know. Have to, you you have to be you have to be weird about it still. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about this until you brought that up. <laughs> Uh, for the for the moment, I don't know if Sarah did anything wrong. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello. No, that's the other show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> Not happening. Boo.